Hi, Kath Candish here. So, you know, when Eskimos have like loads of words for snow and desert tribes have loads of words for sand. Well, here's another thing. The Greeks had at least four words for one key one of ours, love. C.S. Lewis wrote a great book called The Four Loves about them. And the first one is, I can't pronounce it, Storgy, Storge, Storge, Storge. Storgy, the kind of love I feel for my cat, Rocky, or my dog, Tom. Affection. Then, I, you know, I'm fond of them. Then there's eros, sexual, romantic love, love. We all know what that is. <laughs> and then the third one is philia, friendships, kinships. I love my siblings, my BFF. And then there's agape. Agape is that selfless love that serves, sacrifices, doesn't have a why. It's kind of spiritual, divine kind of love. Not that the other kinds of love aren't God-given, it's just this one's kind of transcendent. And of course, we can love one person with lots of different kinds of love, and they all kind of overlap. But you get the difference. And the thing is, we sometimes get the different kinds of love confused. Ollerton writes in this new section of his book, The Bible, A Story That Makes Sense of Life, that our human need for love is vital. But we're always falling for substitutes that let us down. We seek to find in human relationships what's ultimately found only in God, true love, acceptance, fulfilment. And we're always looking in our relationships for a rescuer who gives us a reason for our existence. And unfortunately, we're always looking and always being disappointed. Ollerton goes on to say that when our desire for perfect love becomes misdirected, we end up becoming less human and more broken. So here's where this section begins. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Enter the Messiah. So we've done the beginnings. We've done Exodus. We've done exile. And now we're in a new uh, part of making sense of life through looking at the Bible called the Messiah. Bear Grylls, you know, that outdoor adventurer guru guy, he says, I'm only slowly learning that Jesus is the key to everything. So the New Testament begins with a really dull old genealogy of Jesus with all his ancestral credentials, except that when you actually read them, they're, they're not that dull. They're pretty shocking with prostitutes like Rahab thrown in or Solomon, who was Bathsheba's mum, whom David had cheated with. All part of Jesus' family line. He comes from a long line of broken humans, just like you. With the Gospel of John, it kicks off in a way that shows Jesus, that goes back even beyond his ancestral list to the dawn of time. John says, in the beginning was the word. Logos, the word in the beginning, echoing back to Genesis. Logos, the root word of logic. Logic being what makes sense of everything. Jesus is the Logos, the one, the word, the one who makes sense of things, the cosmic author who puts things in place. Jesus came at a time of darkness in Israel's history. John writes, the light shines in the darkness. And even today, Jesus is a light in our darkness. Ollerton says, Jesus Christ 
is a cosmic sunrise over our fallen world. I love that phrase, don't you? If you have time, try reading John chapter 1 verses 1 to 18. Maybe one morning, get up and spend some time watching the sunrise. And one evening, light a candle. Watch how the light dispels the darkness. See God's love breaking in through Jesus. And see Jesus breaking into your darkness too.